What is going on, everybody? This is episode 130 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. Happy to see all of you today. We're having a rough intro today. I have a co-host here. Introduce yourself, please. <laughs> what is up, Crisis Actors? It's Mary. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. Subscribe. Because we forget, like, she asked me before we started the show today, she's like, do you like the, the, the episode afterwards? I'm like, I don't know if I like the episode afterwards. We need to get into that and yeah. make sure we're actually doing that. But I don't feel like I should like it. I think everyone else should like it. It's like liking your own Instagram yeah. post. That's weird. You guys should like it. Yes, thank you. We, they, they should. We, yes. we shouldn't have to do that, though I might do it anyways now. Just to, <laughs> Like, it's different if you're liking your own post, but this is like a whole thing, so it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, by the way, we have a guest host today. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah-Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Yes, you are. Yeah. Is writing anything fun today? Uh, I am definitely writing and having fun today, but... Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the news that it's feels a lot like of overlap between the writing and the fun. It feels Maybe. like um, an eat your vegetables kind of news day. Like <gasps> I'm covering stuff that I know is important, but you know, personally are not things that I rabidly follow. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's good to stay informed, and I'm glad to have the chance to branch out a little bit, I guess. And we appreciate you coming onto the show. Yeah, uh, this is actually it's been me. one of the, those things the last few days, like since Friday, where it doesn't feel like the news has been. Um, I don't like it feels like when we started the, the the live show the shows went really well as far as like what we were going to talk about like the stuff seemed to fall into place uh, there's like a, a rhyme and reason to like the order of everything figuring it all out but it's like the last few days it's just been kind of like there's stuff I want to talk about but you have to do it in a specific order there's stuff that I do want to cover there's stuff I don't want to cover there's stuff that has to be done a certain way uh, and we're just trying to figure it out as we go but we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today we're going to talk about um, uh, a very interesting article that I actually got sent this one was something somebody sent to me was about uh, what the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial means for America uh, and how my, my summation of it is ba- basically like if you think she's guilty, you're, you're a bully. That, that's what it comes like. You're, you're mean. You're, you're, you're a meanie head. Uh, Interesting. Uh, and then or do you think there's any shared blame whatsoever? But I'll, we'll wait. We'll get there. And then we're going to talk about uh, Ricky Gervais and the critics proving once again that there's literally you and the average like Hollywood movie critic have absolutely zero zilch, not on nothing in common. Uh, as if we didn't already know that. But it's always nice to see the evidence of such uh, when you see the scores on do things like this. Do you think like critics this. think they have things in common with other people? Or mm-hmm. do you think they are like... Well, I'll just tell they them. Think what they think they're better should. than other yeah, people. Yeah, don't they feel That's like they, they are think. telling you what you should think? Yes. No. When I when I'm making the headlines, it takes all my uh, might to not put the word elitist douche in uh, in the name Maybe of you the should. title. Maybe that will uh, help our views. That seems inflammatory to me, so I avoid saying that. <laughs> uh, then we've got um, uh, more info on the Kerry Fukunaga allegations, which I just think proves about the uh, the absolute uh, state of hypocrisy of Hollywood. We got that. We've got Podluck. We got a bunch of other stuff. So if you ladies are, ladies are ready, we'll just get ready. To it. Are we ready? We are ready. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So this article is from MSNBC and it says, no matter who, Thanks. thank you, oh. uh, no matter who wins the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, America has lost. Or so they say. Uh, so it says, this is by Liz Plank, who is an MSNBC opinion columnist. I'm going to read as much of this as I can, um, you know, given my horrible On the title skills. alone, I would be sympathetic to that message. But the rest of this is just it's, completely off the rails. It feels bait and switch. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like, I, I get what her, what her uh, overall conclusion is, but it feels like the evidence she presents what doesn't is, really line up. What is Miss Plank's overall conclusion? So let's, let's she, go through What it. does she think that uh, we lost? She thinks that if you believe that Amber Heard is guilty, you're uh, perpetuating stereotypes. That's what I found is like a huge part of all of these uh, articles, whether it's about 
this, whether it's about Carrie Fukunaga, whether it's about the stuff with Stranger Things and the, and the sexuality of Will, for instance, they always go back to this concept of like, uh, if you believe this thing that I don't personally believe, mm-hmm. you're enforcing negative stereotypes, therefore you shouldn't either believe it. Maybe they think you can believe it, but they don't think that you should be airing it to the public because it could be harmful to other people mm-hmm. in some uh, nebulous, um, I- unable to prove way. So it says, after weeks of content of contested, contentious testimony, expert witnesses and cross-examination, closing arguments in the defamation lawsuit over Amber Heard's po- uh, Washington Post op-ed concluded on Friday. In her final statement, Heard became emotional as she described being harassed, humiliated, threatened every single day of the proceedings, which were instigated by her husband, uh, her ex-husband, Johnny Depp. Uh, I do agree that she probably was, uh, like, harassed. Yeah, well, they've, and been, they've been throwing uh, abuse at her... For sure. Um, Him being creepily charismatic is not instigating. I I disagree with that conclusion. Also, I think his legal team might say you harassed, humiliated, and threatened him every single day that you were married. Yes. So it says the jury is still deliberating, but the Internet's court of opinion has already made up its mind. She's lying. While the TikTok hashtag I stand with Amber Heard has more than 8 million views, justice for Johnny Depp has 15 billion views. People love that alliteration. With a B. Uh, So as uh, NBC News uh, reporter Kat Tenbarge noted, the internet simply wasn't built for a trial like this. Some of the social media content slamming her has even reportedly been paid for by conservative websites. Uh, I don't know if, uh, let's see, let's let's click the link and just says, the Daily Wire spent thousands of of dollars promoting anti-Amber Heard propaganda. Uh, so that's uh, that's their article on on that. But it says uh, uh, the trial is revealing a lot about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but it's revealing a lot more about us, meaning us, the American people. Why our supposedly progressive culture suddenly obsessed with old is suddenly obsessed with old school misogynistic tropes about lying harlots. How did we go from believing women to cheering their humiliation? See, the problem with that statement is that you're treating women as a monolith. I really wish that there was an alternative article here that was like America Lost because if you really fundamentally believe in feminism and the Me Too movement, you would look at Amber Heard and be like, you took something that we built and worked for and destroyed it. I'm not saying that's my view, but like being like, oh, we're obsessed with old school misogynistic traits because we won't believe Amber Heard. I don't really think that's the case. I think this is one person who... Clearly has struggled to tell the truth throughout this whole thing. It's not about believing or not believing women. It's about personally not believing this particular woman. Yeah, that, for most people. And I, I, I hate I'm that it becomes like a collective all. I find that with a lot of feminist arguments. Yes. Like it's like, well, if you don't believe in all women's or you don't believe in all of this or you don't want to do that, then you are anti the entire program. And exactly. That's I, I have a huge problem. with Well, that. and I reached a point when I was younger that I was like. I never really thought of myself as a feminist, but I was definitely like, oh yeah, definitely not. If this is a collective bargaining tool, I don't want to be lumped in with the rest of you. So it says, armchair pundits and comedians have called the trial and its ensuing media circus fun. The experience has been anything but for survivors. Uh, If you're a survivor, like, would you encourage someone, a survivor, I'm guessing they're saying of like sexual violence or uh, a bat, you know, somebody who was in an abusive relationship, would they be following this that closely? Like, why would they? Yeah, I I was going to like, whether Uh, the victim is male or female, like if you are in that situation, you haven't processed it, like seems like you shouldn't consume this kind of content too intensely. That yeah. seems like it would be bad for you. It says, this kind of voyeuristic and sensationalistic celebrity treatment further normalizes abuse and undermines victims of intimate partner violence, especially those who happen to be women. Uh, does that, is that what you think that this does? Does this uh, normalize abuse? 
Oh, no, I disagree. I think that this is a really good insight into how uh, complicated abuse in relationships can be. And I think it's strange to hear feminists being like, oh, well, it had to be Johnny's fault. He was older and more wealthy and he's a man. So he is the only one in that relationship who could perpetrate abuse. When, like, doesn't that seem kind of anti-women's abilities? Like, women's women are just as likely to be abusive. Abuse just looks different. Exactly. I think that we have progressed in a society where... Like, we can recognize the signs of physical abuse, but it's much harder for us to understand what verbal and emotional abuse look like. And I think, I, I mean, I think we can all agree, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, terrible couple, bad for each other. Neither one of them is like, mm-hmm. Ooh. thank you, uh, is particularly, you know, great in this scenario. But it does seem like she went above and beyond to, let's all remind us, that this isn't a domestic violence trial. This is a defamation trial. And yes. she took steps to defame Johnny Depp's character, at which point he lost uh, revenue. Yes. So whether or not there should be an abuse I mean, in, uh, investigation is different. Yeah, the, the issue of abuse, it it really, and like adjudicating how, how guilty either party was of abuse, mm-hmm. it does unfortunately come down to whether it was physical or not because only physical abuse is a a crime you can't which we're going to talk about it's in the not carry- a crime to psychologically yeah. abuse someone that's not true though like you can get uh cited you can get a restraining for- order if you're getting divorced and your spouse is harassing you if they're stalking you those are forms of yeah harassment and stalking and ab- but abuse but like the way that she verbally abused him for instance uh called him names and degraded him verbally like that's not a crime and so I think that's why I people still don't argue people that it actually it is People a still don't see it as equivalent. I'm yeah. not saying it's equivalent, but I'm saying that like we, I feel like there are a lot of camps in the Me Too movement who are struggling to know what to do with Amber Heard. And I can't imagine. Because At the very it, least, the people in this article don't seem to see They it don't know how to handle yeah. it. Because they're in a way that this piece is kind of just uh, projecting their belief system onto the reader yes where they say how did we go from believing women to cheering their humiliation there's no we like we didn't change our minds on anything and we were never at the point where we like at least us three here we're never saying believe all women we never said that no we were level-headed about the issue the entire time so here's, They're the ones who are dogmatic about it. Here's this paragraph. So it says, uh, Wagatwe uh, Wanjuki. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. I Just apologize if confidence. I'm not. Uh, an anti-violence advocate who helps communities prevent and respond to sexual abuse believes that the trial's reception is a symptom of a culture that still needs to be educated on the complicated realities of intimate partner violence. We need to show and encourage a better way to talk about abuse, abusers and victims, she said. We do not teach people what domestic violence is, so we are... We don't. We, we don't teach. Us, uh, I, I don't know what that means uh, that we don't. I think um, this is weird because this columnist Plank is quoting this person who's saying we need to have a better understanding of intimate partner violence while saying really only women. I mean, like, it seems like the implication here is that she doesn't really believe that Johnny Depp could be a, the, victim. a victim or at least as much of a victim of intimate partner well, violence as Amber Heard. It's puzzling to me that they're saying the complicated realities of intimate partner violence or of domestic abuse. But then later on, they go on to say that there is no such thing as 
mutual abuse. That was what I wanted to get to next. Okay, You're so they making literally it as reductive as possible. They, they literally claim that there's no such thing as as mutual, like which is literally the hallmark of like everything we've talked about here yeah. has been talking about how this is uh, very clearly an example of two people that were mutually awful for one another, and they claim they try to claim this article that there's no such thing as being mutually abusive in a relationship because of power dynamics. But uh, what it says here, they do point out that he does have the, the horrible text that he sent to Paul Bettany where he talked about doing right. vile things to her after she was, uh, after she had passed away. And then there's also that he called her like a worthless hooker. Uh, so he, it's not, it's not like he's clean. He said plenty of awful things, but you know, uh, the, the point is down here. I, I do love this part where it says the trial also revealed that Depp, that Depp spent a lot of time with Marilyn Manson, a man who has been accused of rape by several women Such and who is also herring. suing them for, for defamation, which is a very clear, like, so you're guilty by associates. Like, so does that make Oprah guilty of everything Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. Ever I guess everyone who ever went to Epstein Island. Uh, exactly. I feel like this is like them saying like, as you can see, because by this friendship, he is a part of the patriarchal abusive man club. And they got make- together and had a vote and was like, good idea, Johnny gold mm-hmm. star for abusing Amber Heard. Like it doesn't, it seems like, someone who doesn't understand the reality of abusive relationships it says ultimately the jury will let me make sure i didn't uh oh they 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 call into question his like snacking and grinning and the way he taught in the way he carried himself during the trial which me and you even me and and you pointed out it is annoying and he is getting away with it because people are on his side like it's true uh, it it does like i guess my question would be like what is he supposed to act like would it would it would i like it more if he faked being uh i I think he's faking something jovial as uh tactic you don't think that he's actually being jovial because he doesn't care you think he's faking it for because he's charismatic i would say like i would i don't know what i would rather if i if i would rather he be jovial if that's actually him than faking being solemn and not believing it like people don't believe it when her was crying and it's one of those things where like if you were in court you really don't know how you'd react we don't know why he's doing the things he's doing we don't know why she does the things she's doing it's fun in like a soap opera kind of way Mm -hmm. to be like did you see her hold that tissue and perhaps she faked Mm -hmm. crying yeah but you know ultimately it's important to remember that like while tiktok is scrutinizing the breaks in the courtroom the jury is being asked to consider what's being presented, yep. which is much more factual based. It says, ultimately, the jury will decide whom they believe is telling the truth, but I'm less interested in whether Hurt is a liar and more interested in why so many people are gleefully invested in the idea that she might be. I think there's a lack of self-awareness here mm-hmm. about what the culture of Me Too and what the culture of uh, uh, gender relations in this country have done to each uh, to ourselves in the past four to five years. Mm-hmm. I don't think they realize that this is a culmination yeah. of a lot of that behavior. I think we were even talking about that multiple times before just that we found uh, Amber Heard as the one woman that yes. people feel permitted to criticize and dunk on right now and no one is willing to be intellectually honest and just ask ask why that is why are people so gleefully invested in the idea that Amber Heard is a liar do you want to hear my theory on this I think it's because Me Too set off cancel culture. I mean, cancel culture already existed in a lot of ways, but the connection between, like, uh, examining someone's romantic relationship and being able to cancel them for those For actions, something they, they couldn't go to jail for. so complicated. Yeah. Um, and in this case, I think that it's not that people want it to be, like, a return of, like, backwards old-school man club values where we blame the hysterical women. Like, I don't think that's it at all. I think what's happening is that people want to see a story arc where someone who we definitely know was wronged 
gets to kind of come back. We are actually rooting for a cancel comeback, cancel culture comeback story. Yep. And I think that that is, you know, why it's important to keep in mind that like Johnny Depp is not a completely innocent party. Like it does not sound like a healthy relationship on either front. And but he didn't necessarily deserve to have his livelihood hurt in the way that it was. And you, we've talked about the idea of the imperfect victim that has been brought up several times mm -hmm. here uh, in that context, but it says, uh, they also make this weird comparison. They say being uh, wrongly accused of rape is astonishingly rare. In fact, it rarely ever happens. And the articles they, they connect to, to more are, are links pieces. to things about Christine Blasey Ford and like the Kavanaugh trial. Uh, it no, says, like, I hate when people do that. Like, all you have to do is cite a study. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that makes you look weak as an opinion writer. The The majority of sexual assault is not reported most of the time. And I'm guessing that they don't point out the fact that that's, uh, that male rape is almost never. Uh, well, it's you know what's now. crazy? Said the word, when sorry, you talk R -word. about R -word. Uh, male R, yeah. and especially because a lot of it happens in like federal prisons, prisons yep. you'll have people who on the outside would say, believe all women say, well, the power balance is different there. So we can't really treat it the same way. Which is crazy to Everything me. is power balances. Everything is power balance people. and only in some circumstances where we want to examine it. It right? ends up becoming a huge part of the... I think what's the... hard is like with male R in prisons, people don't want to examine... Sorry, Brett. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you're supposed to say that. I, I wasn't supposed to say the word. People don't want to have to examine like how male power dynamics work because yeah. it would confront a lot of the ideas. This is my theory. Uh, on how men view and interact with women it would yep. upset the balance that like the me too culture has created so it says to an outsider heard in depth's relationship seems tumultuous volatile and at times even violent but calling their dynamic mutual abuse as it was during the trial perpetuates the same kind of stereotypes that keeps abusers in control they always want to call back to uh promoting stereotypes because it means that i can negate anything you say and if it also means we can shift the conversation from the particular which is this trial into the general and they love the one of the things that i struggle with when we're talking about a lot of these topics is i don't like talking about generalizations i want to talk about specific instances in this case it's this case between them uh in our later one with carrie fukunaga it's very specific examples of his relationships with women that he worked with uh, i hate the idea of addressing whole communities mm -hmm. because it's so general that it borders on meaningless because you can't get anywhere because the conversation can be shifted so easily so it says uh well i also think that like not everything is representational of a larger picture right yes like this whole article is well based on this one trial trial america has lost like nothing happens to either one of us or plank who wrote this article if the jury rules any particular direction of this case like none of it matters really it is interesting to see how legal precedent is developed and it is curious for us to see people who are held on pedestals have to defend their actions yeah. but this doesn't mean it's symbolic of everything in the world. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are not a thermometer necessarily for American culture, especially since they're from such an elite skewed yeah. part of culture. That was, I mean, I've made that point before. I was like, in the end, I don't really care because this doesn't, thank you. In the end, this doesn't change anything for regular men who get accused of something they didn't do because Johnny Depp had gazillions of dollars to fight this in court. Right. The average guy doesn't have the money to do that. And it doesn't mean that 
the next guy who has like a crazy girlfriend isn't abusive. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. It works both ways. Yep. It says, but calling their dynamic mutual abuse as it was during the trial perpetuates the same kind of stereotypes that keeps abusers in control. It's dangerous because it doesn't exist. Uh, when Juki said about the term at the core of an abusive relationship is a power imbalance that is created and sustained by a pattern of domination and control. I would like to hear an example of one where the like, do they believe that that is means that there's only ever men in it, control? It means they think in a, and this just shows how, how ignorant they are of just like how relationships work. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're actually asserting that in domestic abuse cases, there has to be a bad guy and a victim. Yep. And it's nothing that you can have no other nuance beyond that. That to me is like the, that's the, that's, like the dumbing down of America like it's it's years of watching television and not actually understanding how the world works like years people of sitting in your house yes getting DoorDash. Who, who have no idea what it's like to actually interact with other people mm-hmm. and understand that the world is far more complicated than such simple dynamics to explain our relationships between us and the opposite sex mm-hmm. so it's like like I said I don't think it changes anything because Johnny Depp can fight it we cannot or I can like if something like this happened to me I'd never be able to fight this in court I don't have a million uh, ten million dollars to fight something like this in court and the average dude on the street does not uh, have, have that type of money to fight something like this in court nor does the average woman if this is true have the uh, have the money to, to fight it in court so you kind of understand where they're coming from right. when they make these accusations it just doesn't make it right to I do. would argue that the right like the average person doesn't necessarily like it's not going to be common for the average person to go through a defamation lawsuit exactly I would also argue that if you were to be sued for defamation, the stakes would not be this high. You wouldn't sue someone for $50 million nope. and be countersued for $100 million. Let's remember that this these two people exist in an elite part of society that has phenomenal wealth and that, of course, brings more interest to the case. So, so they said the public humiliation of herd will only make it uh, make uh, victims more afraid to come forward. No matter who wins this lawsuit, it feels like we've lost already. So I would ask the people who are victims to look at uh, the things Amber Heard has said and done and ask if that's somebody you want to be held in the same regard at. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. if you're a victim of domestic violence, male or female, do you want to look at the things Amber Heard has said that Amber Heard has done, the way she's behaved, and see her as a shining example of what you yourself have also gone through? Yeah. I don't think you would want to do that, nor should you want to associate with someone in that camp. Well, and also, do we need to save Amber Heard, right? Like, yeah. do we need her to have a redemption story? Do we need her to you know and somehow be forgivable and empathetic which i think you you know it's up to the individual to decide whether or not they can see sort of the challenges in everyone's lives right but like i don't necessarily think that like to the letter of the law if we are examining defamation did she do something specifically to damage johnny depp's uh reputation that resulted in financial loss yes like Mm. and that's why it's hard to remember that like this article is making it about abuse and of course that does contend to like it speaks to the nature of their relationship but if you were to take it away at the end of the day did she agree to sign an op-ed did she agree to write an op-ed about their relationship in a way that was not necessarily true and also intentionally meant to damage him like that's what's hard like this isn't actually a domestic violence trial it's not their divorce settlement like this is something else and we have to keep in mind that like this is not representational of how we as a culture think of abuse victims it's how we regard 
toxic relationships and defamation Mm -hmm. yeah basically like what the person who's writing the article is saying is that amber is being held up as an example for for other victims of abuse saying like if you speak out then you're gonna get tarnished in the public eye you're right gonna get like and i i'm so tired of people who are advocates for me too which like if that's your prerogative what like go for it but i'm tired of them using this well you're accusing me of being a hysterical woman you're not taking me seriously because of stereotypes i'm tired of this narrative like maybe you should take some time and reflect on the people that you are defending is this the mm-hmm. person that you want to tie your movement to yeah. because you know, based on evidence alone and the way other people who have been close to her and who've been advocates for this movement have reacted, like, no, mm-hmm. pick someone else. Like, we don't need to save Amber Heard. Yep. She did what she did. It's time to move on. And I think that they will both end up coming back. I do believe that she will really? end up. I, I believe that I, I know he will come back. I think she will work smaller stuff. I think she'll end up back on TV. Uh, she'll work smaller uh, TV. TV or independent productions. I, I don't know if she'll be a movie star, but I, I do think he will have a comeback. They, they talk about this here. They talk about the industry is very forgiving, almost to a fault sometimes, because it's a business-oriented uh, <clears throat> industry. Uh, yeah, well, well that, that that's it. Or Robert Downey. They they mentioned Robert Downey Jr. had his problem. You know, he won his Oscar right as the time all this stuff was happening. Like the industry, if they can make money off you, mm-hmm. they will use you. Her name is going to hold a lot of value, at least for the first thing she does after that trial yeah. is going to be like, holy crap. Also, let's be realistic. I'm 95% convinced that she has Elon Musk's baby. And that tells me that he's funding her lifestyle. Perfect. So She'll be does fine. she even really need to work? Probably no, not. Probably not. Uh, super chats. There were super chats. Yes, there were. Let's see. Hava Owens said, what up, guys and gals? Time for another hit show. Yes, Aww. it is. How's it going, Hava? Thank you for being the first super chatter. We appreciate that. Haley Legg sent $5 with a little gif of like a pair lifting weights. <laughs> Keep it up. Which is cute. I, I can't tell if that's it's, it's a comment on our physique. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, Nate said, I think the reason this country is so obsessed with the depth heard thing is that people want to see real justice and we haven't seen that in a while real justice is refreshing maybe just the fact that it's in a courtroom and not happening just on social media Mm -hmm. is enough to like get people excited about it that they're like look Mm -hmm. they're not just smearing each other on uh, on twitter they're smearing each other in a courtroom well and it's not their agent and pr person said this to the studio that works with this person and then you know like it's it's something that is much easier to follow and is sort of a neutral ground. It's out of Hollywood. It's in Virginia. That's uh, it's it's very weird being like right over here. Is right. that because of the Washington Post being their based headquarters? In... Their servers where it was posted from are in Virginia. Got There's it. also some benefits I've heard to like the defamation law here. Hmm. Yeah. And there's one more, I believe. Neil Sa- Sawyer said, "How." Has no one called this whole fiasco <laughs> the turd herd around the world? <laughs> I mean, I've heard it called a lot of things, but that's a first. That is that's a that clever. is a very good. Somebody should put that in a shirt. Somebody <laughs> should put that in a shirt. All right, all right. So we're gonna we are gonna move on, and we are gonna talk about Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Ricky Gervais, his special, and the growing divide that seems to never close between critics and what people actually seem to want to talk about. So it says, Rotten Tomatoes critics trash Ricky Gervais' Netflix special as audiences rave about it. Uh, if you need more evidence that we are in a, in a vicious culture war, look no further than the, the latest Rotten Tomatoes score for Ricky Gervais' latest stand-up comedy special, Supernature. The real battleground. Yes. It, <laughs> Rotten it, Tomatoes scores. From the all of two minutes I viewed of this special, it 
it wasn't exactly like laugh out loud funny though. That's what I'm saying. Okay, it I was watched fine. It. Like I, it wasn't that interesting. I watched it. It's very tame. Like the, he and he and the, the he funny hits thing is, punches he knows are gonna hit. Like he, that's it. And he and he and like the stuff they're complaining about to get this type of like like media attention over something so like it's like two minutes of the I think it's because people were hyped up for him to have a special that was like super inflammatory really and then it didn't happen, happen. He, I feel like he's always people who are like extremely disconnected from reality he, uh, he spent just as much he made more jokes is about is he controversial because I feel like yeah, he's yeah. not I mean Pe- certain people think he's controversial oh so he's not I don't I don't so know if <laughs> he's he's just like Media approved controversy. Yes, exactly. He's like vanilla ice cream with some sprinkles exactly. for surprise. So, mm-hmm. so like I want like uh, the to me, I, I did not laugh at any of the the jokes about uh, transgenderism. I, I thought they were extremely like. I mean, I, when I they read them, mid. I didn't they, they, I didn't hear them out loud, so I don't know the jokes Maybe about. They they, they, also, he didn't do them first. Like Dave Chappelle went first, and then you were like. Seems like you've survived this storm. I'll also venture out, right? Like he, it's so cowardly. He had, well, he had done that. Like his, like I said, his his um twenty twenty um Oscar or was it, was it the Golden Globes? That was a, that was actually interesting because he said it to the faces of the people that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. That like it works better in the context of like we're gonna re- reference another article article here about how some members of the trans community have supported what he's done. And they say like he he works best when he's speaking truth to power. the The reason that Golden Globes I thing, I, so I know, right? The reason that Golden Globe <laughs> thing works is because he makes fun of Apple having sweatshops to the head of Apple being in the crowd. This it's just like, eh, like the jokes. Uh, to be honest, the jokes are like I didn't hear any people, any like mothers of like children who have died crying about him making jokes about dead children, which he absolutely does in that special. Uh, like it, it, it's yes, it's it's exactly. No, what I he, heard it. I mean, like he talked about his cats, and I thought that was kind of funny. And then he makes jokes about how he's actually very wealthy, and like that's kind of yeah, funny. Well, yes, he, he like talked anything about being, that was trying to like touch on politics. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Like I, anyone could make this joke. It's not super interesting that it's you, and it's not a super interesting joke, anyways. So it says what what has angered progressive critics. That's almost all of them, judging by the the numbers here. Uh, uh, progressive critics about the Gervais comedy bit is that the opening act, uh, Gervais dives into the material about the trans community mocking pronouns and gender identity uh, wow groundbreaking this, I know groundbreaking no comedian has ever done that like, before well uh, the thing is though like I think that he he paves the way for like maybe funnier and less known comedians who have more to lose if they do it doing so and you might be more inherently willing to find it funny when somebody isn't going to uh, be okay if they actually get in trouble for saying this stuff he does it nobody cares because it's not going to affect his career his career will be fine after also this. he has security so take Ex- bigger risks exactly what that's, like that's this, what I'm saying that's actually like not a big risk like like I, I just said Chappelle did it like other comedians who are low levels can make these kind of jokes like he didn't really invent the wheel here he just sort of jumped on the bandwagon yep and he's not spicy he's, enough for he's pierce morgan uncensored so <laughs> i mix is. them up all the time pierce morgan and Ricky they're just british guys i know who pretend to be subversive right but they're not super right they're like, not they're just hanging out so it says the two minute comedy routine. i want a nigel farage comedy special oh that would like actually that would be, good. be amazing the two minute comedy routine was enough to cause critics to slam the special with negative reviews across the board uh, Emily Lel- uh, Labert uh, of Jezebel. Well, that's the problem. It's a Jezebel mm-hmm. review. Yeah. Uh, called Gervais a, a little twat. Well, that's not very nice. British very, people are so funny. Like their insults just are. N- I can't take them seriously. They love. They love the c word. They they, they love. Right. They love that word. You know what's uh, weird about this whole thing? This what? whole article. It's like guy does something not that ex- surprising, and people are people surprised. React- 
people react the way we all would have expected them to. Like, this is an article about nothing. Yep. So it says, uh, Chappelle, Spie- well, I, I think it's interesting. You might as well have told me the sun rose today. Like, the, I know, I, I, I got up. But the, the reason I decided to cover it is because I watched the special and found it so tame yeah. that it boggles my mind that they care that much. Like, also, do you feel like they had their, like, their, like, critic, their, their, their summaries written before? They're like, yes, I do. Bigot, mean, Un- insensitive and then they're like oh he mentioned that so we'll throw that noun in here where we need one like it's like a, they had like a Mad Libs version of the review that's and then basically like, what it is I, I'm just annoyed that certain people are saying that people like Ricky Gervais Pierce Morgan Dave Chappelle whoever else are revitalizing comedy or something they're like bringing it back and pushing the boundaries and subverting your expectations etc in the most corporate approved way possible yeah when they're doing exactly the opposite and something that doesn't actually shock anyone i mean maybe we are just like we would be desensitized to talking about topics like that just based on like where we work but i think that's what it is is I, it just that the rest of society finds this like their sensibil- sensibilities are so uh yeah like unfrazzled that this is enough to yeah. like have them belly laughing it's it's really not anything special i don't it's even think weird it's that too because it looked sorry cut you off I, said, I don't even think it's that they're belly laughing i think they're just surprised anybody's willing to broach the subject at but all the point of it isn't to be surprised it's to laugh yeah. That's why I'm saying well, like most I, of these people are fundamentally un, 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 incapable of laughter. Yeah, anyways. I just didn't feel like there was any like nuanced wordplay. There was no like thematic interesting thing other than like I'm gonna say things that are spicy, but other people have survived. Mm-hmm. The and there was nothing about, like relatable it about it. It also like looked like both like any other stand-up show and also like a TED talk. So like the black it, background. Yeah, and his think? black T-shirt. He's moving around. And, he's like, got the mic- microphone. Yeah, I was yeah. like. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Synergy. Yeah. Synergy. Might as well Go back been, to synergy. He might as well have been presenting the new iPhone while also like making fun of pronouns. At least that would yeah. have been interesting. Like, yeah. he, uh, I don't know. I just, I like, I wish there was more. I pitched one time on the show that he start his own award show and, mm. you know, come up with his own categories and stuff. And it could be co- like comedic, but he didn't do that. He did this instead, which is like nothing. Mm-hmm. He just basically made you like the most boring pretending to be subversive. And, then like clickbait the event that critics and the audience are divided on their opinion about the special it's like two minutes so it the the whole special the the that those jokes don't last that long it's like i know that but i'm saying like critic critics and the audience are divided on the whole special whether they liked it and yeah like I would have bet my life on that before yeah. the reviews well, came out. Exactly and then, what you thought was going to happen happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Thank my you problem. For the I just earlier today like coincidentally saw the this comparison of like what was the Rotten Tomatoes score for uh what was that movie Taken? Um The first Taken uh with uh Liam Neeson? Yeah, yeah, compared to the artists? Rotten Tomatoes score for Cuties. Yeah. And then the audience scores. Yeah. Yep. It completely lopsided. Yep. We know this. Was Rotten Tomatoes ever like reliable? I felt no. like it was for um, a minute. Th- no? No. 
Uh, no? Not no. not in recent years. But uh, so it says 14%. But when it first started, was it like ever like people were like, okay, fair. I Before it got politicized. There, okay. I mean, there was a point in time there where was it did a time, become politicized. Because right? uh, uh, like a lot of movies started putting like certified fresh and rotten tomatoes on their promotional material. Mm. So that became like a badge of honor. And then they started uh, messing with your ability to give reviews. You had to be uh, a specific type of reviewer to review certain things. Oh. Uh, review brigading is a thing. I just, it's just funny because it's 14, it's not a 14% it's not a 14% special in the context of critics, but it's not a 92% special either. So it's like, this just is further evidence of how divided everyone's. The people who love it, love it just because it's covering something that the critics hate, and the critics hate it just because it's covering something that uh, audiences like. So, ah. they're, they're, so the critics hate it because they know regular audiences will like it, and the audience likes it because they know that the critics will hate it, which means that it has nothing to do with the special anyways. It has everything to do which with the culture. Which ultimately does, like, confirm that comedy is dead very dead so it says uh and then i, I just want to point what out what are you talking about this was a great ted talk so, <laughs> uh so they talk about this special that he had support from the trans community it says uh gervais was has publicly expressed himself as pro-trans in the past and recently said that he has a problem uh with trans ideology with trans activist ideology that's fair that's a that's a very thing to you can critique the activist um wing of that uh ideology but not necessarily cr uh uh, criticize uh, transgenderism in general. So it says, a journalist and transgender person uh, Debbie Hayton wrote, Gervais may be privileged, but he uses his position to speak truth to power. And Claire will love that. Uh -huh. Trans activist ideology has run unchecked for too long, and it's time to call it to account. Gervais thanked Hayton for this in reply to the heart emoji. You gave her all of a heart emoji. Gervais, uh, Gervais was called a, com uh, a comedic legend by another Twitter user who described themselves as a trans, uh, trans guy. Uh, he get, got a thumbs up from Gervais So he's doing what he has to do To like show any support he's getting From members of that community And rightfully so he's going to have to do so Blair White also threw her weight behind it Says Gervais has been supportive of me A trans woman for years He's not transphobic He's bullshit phobic That is clever I should hashtag that uh, While people uh, While these people and others Have expressed their support for Gervais Many more have discussed How damaging they found the jokes Within Supernature They're so bland What is damaging about them? I'm actually asking that question. What is damaging about them? I don't know. What? We don't have I don't an answer for you because we are sane. Does anybody, the, does anybody watching right now know what's, how it's actually damaging? Yes, anyone in the live chat got an idea? Like, like they always give a, ge an, a generic term of like of harm, right? Like, but what does that actually mean in actual context? Well, you hurt my feelings. It othered me. That was the word I learned today. Othered? Yes. Uh, a transgender othered. athlete said saying that they, you know, you, they shouldn't compete with biologically female athletes or like being like, well, you can compete, but we're not going to record your time because you have an unfair advantage is othering to trans people. They the, What I found is like so much of like, we're going to talk about, there's a very specific example in the Carrie Fukunaga story where there's this like, thank you. There's Thanks. this language that gets used where it doesn't feel like they're real people. It feels like they're reading from a weird script because they're not using language that people use when they're talking in the real world. Yeah, I feel like it's like they're like, I'm going to use enough search terms so when somebody quotes me, I'll appear higher on Google. Yes. All right. Uh, we got a super chat from Haba Owen there, I believe. Let's see. I agree. Those jokes are kind of hack. Most stand-up is dead. You can see the setup and punchline a mile away. Yeah, the, It's we, been a long time since I've watched any, actually. When we were at... Uh, when we went to... Um, uh, when Ryan Long performed here, right? 
and he did his his special like he did his stand up he like like you could t- first of all he's uh, like if i was to think of somebody who's actually like doing well good for comedy right now ryan long is doing fantastic is taking and great danny. strides I feel like and danny great. yeah uh, so they're both doing great work but he's like he's telling these jokes and you can tell he's actually hitting uh like strike points at people because you like you could hear like the tone of the room laugh but kind of pull back and he's like we're gonna get through the he's like we're almost through the gay jokes we're gonna get into these jokes like he's he's very clearly kidding but he's like he's making you feel it as he does the special and he held everyone to account he joked about everyone in these specials and when you i wonder in some ways too if it's like the fact that these are big corporate specials on netflix like when you are um going to like a stand-up comedy club like the comedian may have a set but they are like reacting to the audience they are like learning to feel the room like some jokes that may hit one night don't hit the next right whereas like this is filmed it's perfectly lit it's a beautiful ted talk that netflix produces and it's like well i'm not gonna have you have the live audience there, but like your audience is actually people who will see it what months and months later. Also, so he's just guessing at what's probably going to hit right. Also, you don't like it's the way it's framed is you can't see the audience at all. You can only see him. So that's I don't know how much of that that laughter could have been piped in. But for that's all, like for all we know. Like, and that wasn't always true with comedy specials. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, like normally, you could have performed to an empty room and been like, "Oh, sorry guys, it was COVID. Like we couldn't. We had to be safe." Normally, in a in a comedy special, they actually take make a point to focus on audience members when something particularly funny gets said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think it's interesting that, that for something like this, I, I, what was I, was, I don't know where you go from here with comedy specials because I don't know if I really find most of it. Most humor is dead effectively to me like i very little he made one joke about like that i the only one that i thought was particularly shocking and it's funny that it's not getting more play is he made a joke about like uh um masturbating to a picture of baby hitler yep that that was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was like to me that that is way more grotesque and, and effed up and bizarre. Than, and bizarre than any of the other stuff he said but nobody's yeah, talking but about they, that they already had their ammunition about the trans jokes Ooh, loaded before it was ah. out so that's why people are that's what i mean i feel that. like it was like a critic mad libs where they're like i bet there's gonna be trans jokes so we're gonna write it right. out and then we're just gonna pop some specific quotes in they only got like what two minutes five minutes ten minutes they probably into didn't this watch the rest of the and they're like oh, good i'll just go have a saturday now like yeah. it just mm-hmm. it's it's almost laziness it's no there's no nuance in the take like if this is your honestly held opinion like i guess that makes sense that you'd put this out but like for the most part it just seems like you wanted to say the thing that you thought everyone else would refer back to first yeah. uh, i do want to point out that it does provide an interesting um way of looking at at rotten tomatoes like you can discount like like if you see something you should that's, search for things that they don't like and be like i'm gonna see that no movie. no 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 the opposite what you should be doing is looking for things where there's agreement that's where you're going to find the interesting material. Mm-hmm. If you see stuff that the audience likes entirely, you, if, depending on what your sensibilities are, you're going to know whether you like that or not. Uh, if you see something that the critics like entirely, uh, you're going to know based on your sensibilities whether you're going to like that or not. If you see something that gets relatively high or relatively low from both of them, that's where you're going to find the interesting stuff to watch. You should almost be able to like cycle through and search by like, do they actually agree on any of this crap? Mm-hmm. And then find interesting stuff to watch that way because you'll find less bias in in that stuff i think so yeah maybe Are that's- there, if anyone's listening and has a strategy for how to use <laughs> rotten tomatoes i'd love to hear what the game plan is because like i don't use it but I do like the idea of seeing things that are like super turbulently balanced, right? Like if Rotten Tomatoes loves something, the audience hate, hates I it. I think this is gonna, it's like 
being a spokesperson for uh, the ACLU was <laughs> is gonna be like the new like rotten t- being like rated highly on Rotten Tomatoes is the new like being a spokesperson of abuse for. Basically, ACLU. basically. Then the ACLU was like, Amber Heard, where's our money? Right, right. Uh, there was a super chat in there. Yes, Waffle Sensei says, it's damaging to them. He's answering your question. Yeah. Because gender dysphoria is psychological torture on the mind. And when you make jokes like Ricky does, you make them see reality. That's, I, I mean, that's uh, probably... I, that's Harsh, but... The thing is, true. like, Ricky Gervais making jokes about trans people, him... Making them or not making them doesn't cure anyone of any psychological issues they're having, right? Like, if you are in psychological distress, it has n- it's actually not relevant if, mm-hmm. you know, every comedian in the world makes this joke. Like, yeah. that's something internal you are struggling with. And, like, don't consume content that you think will make whatever your they, issues are yeah. worse. They make jokes about all sorts of things, like mass tragedies and mental illness and well just like we said if you're an uh, abuse survivor like maybe don't watch the amber heard and johnny depp trial like maybe that's not good for you and that's fine you don't have to there's just no concept of like your discretion advised or like self-regulating being like i can't consume this so i will stop therefore everybody else should not be able to consume it as well Uh so all right we're going to move on we're going to talk about carrie fukunaga and this topic is fascinating this article is very long so it says uh he wow several long articles when i submitted a long article today (laughs) brett said no i didn't know what to uh we uh this means war this means uh she she sent me an article i'm a guest and not a host she sent me (laughs) an article my podcast (laughs) she sent me an article about um what was it it was about uh the rock and uh, it was about strong man sad boys yes which is a real phenomenon it became it became so progressively academic that i just almost threw up i love it i, I love I, progressive I, progressively academic is the best it was it, I, it made me want to vomit so i just i was like no we're not we're not doing it we could have done it we should maybe we should have done it whatever in response i won't be here on friday so ha. Huh? that's well i know what so yeah, there <laughs> me, 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 me. all right all right so it says uh, he needs to be stopped sources say carrie fukunaga abused his power <laughs> to pursue young women on set like um, he needs to be stopped part is just like <laughs> what would that even look like um, what would that put look up like? a really big net and catch it this the, guy just doesn't date anymore this, the, the, the funniest Only part works about, on male movies right? the funniest part about this is the it's the stunning lack of anything actually illegal that he does here it's just creepy well, not behavior just, he illegal. just hits on young women yeah it's no that's literally what it is the whole it's it's literally like this legality enormous, aside like anything actually immoral i'm like struggling to see this uh, it's basically like he's a Hollywood. also is it this guy who's in the thing like he's handsome he's not like weird looking nope. as far as well I that's why all of them date him and then afterwards they're like oh i guess he was a bad person but he- i had blinders on because he was attractive so is <laughs> look you learn you learn that's part of life uh, so it says, after wrapping up a scene in the set of a- Apple TV's World War II miniseries, Masters of the Air, most of the cast and crew decamped. Director Carrie Fukunaga, though, hung back and began to take photos of two actresses. Dun, dun, of dun. them or with them? Uh, of them. Uh, according to two production sources, the celebrated uh, director's focus was not on the scene's main players, but rather on two of the background actresses, one of whom had recently turned 18. Dressed as prostitutes from the 1940s, taking pictures of the young women, he egged them on while they posed suggestively, bent against the wall, kneeling on the ground. I, I, I've yet to see anything here where it says they did not want to do this. 
did it say that anywhere in there? It says, he uh, egged them on while they did something of their own free will. Yes. It looks uh, like. One of the sources claims Fukunaga acted under the guise of needing the photos for continuity purposes, a task normally expected to fall on production's wardrobe department and not the man, the man at the helm of a 600-plus uh, cast and crew. Uh, the two production sources who watched the 10-minute interaction unfold, Fukunaga crossed a professional line using his positions in ways that felt uncomfortable if to those looking on. If you felt like... A teenage girl was getting actively predated upon in front of your very eyes and you didn't step in. And if you think it. it's that serious, then why didn't you do something? No, they don't think it's that serious. They think it's that serious enough to tell somebody after the fact. They don't care it's enough to so actually... St- it's upon reflection, we have decided that that was not good. It was the first red flag of the, of the source's claims to Rolling Stone that they observed during Fukunaga's time directing a handful of episodes of the miniseries, which was being executive produced by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Well, then maybe we should cancel Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg then. That was my first gut check, the source recalls. It was way past the line. There's no sort of argument that it's okay. Okay, in any way, it's line? an absolute clear-cut abuse of power. Did he use the photos for something untoward? Did they catch him in the bathroom later also, like, jerking off to photos of women? Did the like, girls wh- like have the opportunity to say, like, I don't want to do this? Like, that's what's not coming. It sounds like they were like, yeah, cool, I'll pose. I'm this, in costume. I, if, if anything, you can say they did want to do it and they wanted to do it for the wrong reasons and for reasons that they were led to believe by authority figures in their life. That's just probably true. In a statement, and yeah, it's gross. Yeah. But 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 the, thing, but the point is that they're they're making. Well, also, this li- let's like look at this language. Way past. That's yeah. way. And past what is the line? The line? And seemingly, no one can agree what it is. That's what I said. Like, given everything that's going on in Hollywood, guys like this, who we all agree, yeah, is he? Does he probably use his position as a very powerful man in Hollywood to sleep with women that would probably that maybe wouldn't sleep with him otherwise? Yeah, probably. But then Hollywood needs to put regulation in check that says, look, you as the director cannot be porking the women in your movies. How about that? This is like a weird thing that's happened because we're like, women should be sexually liberated and do whatever they want at any time. And it's in turn told women that they should never set any kind of boundaries and hold men accountable to them. uh, Like, that's what this seems like. If these girls are uncomfortable, which like, I wouldn't have wanted to do this. This would have been uncomfortable for me. Then you're just like, Sir, I must go to wardrobe now. Like, I can't do it. Do they have anyone who ever... (sighs) This is the thing. Like, I feel like I continue trying to have a nuanced opinion on these things. And then it's just thrown back in your face if you try to do that. But it's like, I'm sure that kids in entertainment have never had anyone advocating for their interests. Telling them that they should advocate for their own interests. And if they genuinely desire to do something like this, which... I would bet that they did. The only reasons they had for wanting to do it are wrong. Yep. Well, also, like, it's 10 minutes. Like, I don't... He did not have a torrid affair. He did not, as far as we tell, hey, you pose for these photos and I'll give you a better role. Of course. Like, none of that seems to have yeah, been Yeah, and if happened. that were an aspect, it would have been mentioned, it would be, I'm sure. Yeah, but it would be different. Like, they're making still, this like, seem crazier than ever. So, so it says, sources who worked with him, with the director on various films and TV series and commercials over the past six years described Fukunaga as using his sets as an opportunity to meet younger women and openly pursue multiple female cast and crew members at once during the production. So is the idea that he should pursue them uh, only one at a time? Like, he's like, sorry, I can't pursue you, uh, Actress B. I'm currently courting Actress C, and uh, I will return to you when I have finished my courtship. Are these women with- just mad they got cheated on? That, that- or that he didn't 
marry any of them. They're like, I, finally, I don't this, know. We're, this Hollywood we're director. For something the happen. one we talked about initially was the case of Rachel Vinberg, who starred in, in something that he had made, and she claimed that she was left with PTSD after their relationship, which started out as a friendship, but I really became... I think we overuse the term PTSD. Yes. Uh, well, that's that's what she said, that she was diagnosed with PTSD. And then the, the Loesch twins, who said that he tried to, like, talk them into having a threesome together. He said, like, and, incest isn't wrong. And they're, and they're like, and they're like, yes, yes, it is. And, and he's Don't like, clip oh. me saying that. <laughs> Dave. Uh, those who did end up having a, a romantic relationship or even a friendship with Fukunaga claim that ult- they ultimately walked away feeling confused, confused, gaslighted, or manipulated, according to Fukunaga's response through his attorney, Mr. Fukunaga, has befriended men and women, young and old, on set. It reminds me of... Um, <laughs> Sick. Kevin uh, Spacey <laughs> Yeah ki- uh, Kind of uh, But it says uh, Actress uh, Rachel Vinberg Claimed earlier this month In the lengthy Instagram post We've talked about this before That she was diagnosed With PTSD From her friendship That turned into A sexual relationship With Fukunaga Whom she met in 2016 On a Samsung commercial On the set The day after she turned 18 I spent years Being scared of him Vinberg wrote On Instagram Mans, uh, Mans is a groomer And has been doing This, uh, this stuff for years Beware women when I thought about him, I thought about him. I just wanted to vomit. One young woman wrote who dated Fukunaga for a few months after meeting him on the set of his production. Tells Rolling Stone, I remember feeling so good to be away from him, like this heavy weight had was lifted off my shoulders. I could breathe again. He made me feel so claustrophobic and suffocating. I just really thought I was really crazy because he treated me like I was trash. Towards the end, says a second young woman who tells Rolling Stone she uh, she began seeing Fukunaga after they met on his sets. I just became a really small, passive, quiet person, and I'm not usually that all of this adds up to like he's a crappy boyfriend who's probably yeah, he sounds like a messed up guy also yeah. how old is he? he's 44. 44 like if you're 18 and dating a 44 year old like i love a good age gap relationship but let's be realistic here men who are still single at 44 like and who only want to date extremely young women like have some stuff to work out yep. and i don't mean that to be cruel but like the reality is like you have to be careful about who you get involved with not everyone is going to treat you well so you can't be like oh my gosh he's a monster like mm-hmm. he but probably always was and you just think about who you're saying this to like does any teenager with parents who love them end up in a situation like this yeah i think so i think people and, have all and kinds let, of reasons if their parents know about it I mean, but if, I don't you're, if so. you're 18 and you don't live with your parents and they're far away, like, I don't, but I don't think that's supposed realistic. to, they're supposed to instill values in you and like your self-worth. See, I told, during like, your upbringing, I get so what that you, you mean. understand that something like that is not appropriate. I get what you mean, but I think that there are lots of young women in this world who can have great parents, but are sold a weird bill of goods, which is like, we live in a culture where Mm -hmm. dating is about casual sex and it's not unreasonable for men to ask for that. And that you walk this weird line. I, I, I've already said it, but like, I think that we don't encourage women to set boundaries. And that's a huge part of all of this stuff is like, they're like, I didn't want to lose my potential, like this job. Like he's taking advantage, I guess, of the fact that they want these, these jobs. But beyond that, like think about why you want the job. It's probably because you don't have much self-worth and you base your self-worth on your commercial success befriending and pursuing young women during the production during production was a hallmark of fukunaga's behavior sources claim alleging his habit of treating his sets as a personal pickup bar was openly discussed amongst cast and crew crew members i'm sure who wish they could be picking up the uh the same women 
Uh, I, I am very sure. Uh, four women who Rolling Stone spoke with, now this is what I mainly want to talk about, spoke with the claim that they were in their 20s when Fukunaga pursued them romantically on the set of various productions dating back to 2016. So he would have been pushing 40 at that time while they were in their 20s. Um, do, do we have to consider the concept of like personal responsibility here for your own actions? Yes. Without being disrespectful to any parties involved, do they just have to take responsibility for their own dating choices? I don't. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, and I can't repeat everything I said. But short answer, no, because clearly they're not capable of that. These these women, at least particularly, don't seem to have been able to no. to to resist the urge to do so uh, because they thought it was their career might no. And traction, it's just like or? what I was, uh, what we were like talking about with James Franco, that that woman who said she was in the car with him. Mm -hmm. And he, like, pressured her into, like, doing something I can't say on YouTube. Yeah. And she said it was because she didn't want him to hate her. Yeah. Like, so that... you are just not present of mind. Yep. You can't be held accountable for your actions then, can you? I think you can. I think the thing is, like, you know, we have a weird culture that breeds low self-esteem in women and tells them, my, my thesis of the day that like their boundaries should be malleable over time and you have to experience life and try things out and experiment but like i think ultimately like this guy sounds like a creep he sounds super weird yeah, he does. but like i also think that every one who gets involved with him to a certain extent is responsible for that right like if you can't look at yourself and say like this is making me uncomfortable and i don't like it or even if it's not like abusive even if it's like, hey, he's kind of a cat. He's dating a lot of girls on set. Like, then tell him that you don't want to see him anymore. Like, it's it's that simple. You just have to hold yourself accountable to setting boundaries, which can be really difficult. But, like, this is not, like, let's cancel this weird guy. Like, as far as I know. It speaks to the culture of that industry. It does, like, my issue with this is the hypocrisy of an industry that's talking about the... He himself talks about being the champion of women in his stories. You have to hire women. You have to do this. You have to do oh, that. Oh, he's a male feminist. He's a, Red flag. I don't know if he considers himself a male feminist, but he's, you know, in the same camp of, uh, camp as a Joss Whedon who claims himself to, like... He's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm a... He actually does say, like, I'm a male feminist. And then when the article comes out, he's like, all these hot women wanted to sleep with me that never would have slept with me when I was younger. What was I supposed to do? And then he's like, yes, I'll sleep with you. Like... Uh, what did you expect their behavior to did you actually expect it to match their words which it never will so it says uh so it says sources on maniac and masters of the air allege fukunaga would flirt with multiple women at the same time paying them special attention on set three sources of masters of the air claim fukunaga showed interest in at least three young women in the cast and crew during filming i'm literally picturing a, a scene where like everyone's like got their eyes on one another like uh-oh he talked to that person for more than like three to five minutes he must be interested like what does that mean Right? Like, is he not supposed to, like, does it change? Like, does he a interact with men or women he's not interested with much more coldly? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you gauge that? And is he supposed to just not show interest in any of these women at all? Is, is that what they want? Like, do they, they want, like, uh, are they, is I he mean, supposed to card them? Also, like, what are they actually for? Do <laughs> to they make sure they're in their 30s? Do they want an exclusive relationship with a director who's clearly, like, kind of a playboy creep who doesn't yep. want that? Like, let's be realistic here. Like, you probably had... I, I bet there were parts of the relationship that were not great for whatever reason, but also, like, you probably wanted something that he did not give you, and I'm sorry if he led you on in that way. Like, that is upsetting, but, like, Let's not make this into something 
more than it is, especially yeah. since we know more severe and like dangerous things happen in Hollywood. Absolutely. It says crew members recall whispering amongst themselves about Fukunaga's advances and spending so much time with the younger female cast member, uh, members of the cast. I'm wondering, like, would this article be happening if he was 30, 35? Who knows? Like, is it because of how old he is? Like, it's probably a combination uh, of things. Like, so if he was. It's just, this is. I, as I was saying to you earlier, Brett, uh, this really pisses me off that they're overblowing this situation so, so much. Yep. When in the same industry, there are, and I'm sure the viewers know, yes. there are very serious things happening going wrong. To, yep. to much, much younger people, people who are younger than 18. Yep. Very, uh, very prominent. And it's in all well, the industry virtue signals about what we, the right. uh, the regular folks should be doing and with our lives, which makes is, us feel like we're creeps. Uh, a production source who worked with the, worked on the Samsung commercial with Vinberg. That was the first one. And says Fukunaga centralized attention. That's not how normal people talk. I'm sorry. The, 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 what is that even like? I get what they're saying, but talk like an actual nor normal person. <laughs> Absolutely not. He attention. centralized attention to Vinberg uh, was memorable six years on. So it's like his centralized attention on Vinberg is still memorable to me. Six years, uh, six years on. Dude, have you not uh, had a life in six it, years? It didn't strike the source as icky at the time. They oh, say that it did hmm. stick with them, claiming that they noticed Fukunaga's intensity while interacting with Vinberg. He was interested in her. Should he have been interested in, in her? Probably not. Why didn't well, you do something about set, it? If they are forgetting this, like a film set is not a normal workplace. Nope. Uh, it says, uh, because, but people turned a blind eye towards the situation. The source explained, if it doesn't involve them, everyone kinds of turns the other cheek. Uh, other people would be like, oh, Except come on. later when we can all be mad about it. Oh, come on. People, he, the guy's a good looking young director that has a penchant for younger girls. Big deal. Uh, a lot of us didn't really think of it as a big deal. It was just like, you're, you're creepy, my guy. You don't need to be doing this. But for some reason, that's what he did. It's because nothing he was doing was illegal, just creepy. You're just benefiting in it now to make articles about the dude rather than actually dealing with it at the time because what would you have actually dealt with? What would they have dealt with? What would they have done? Told him not to? That's why I'm saying like the he needs to be stopped line. It's well, just like, stop? what... What are you going to stop? Production romances are hardly <laughs> taboo in Hollywood. Spending 12 plus hours a day with colleagues for a shoot that, uh, that could stretch for months. It's no surprise that multiple flings arise from the near constant time cast and crew spend together. And that's okay as long as they tell you it's okay, apparently, unless Rolling Stone tells you it's not okay. Uh, but sources allege uh, Fukunaga's behavior crosses the line of having a casual romance uh, during ro uh, during production. There we go back to the idea I love of a good casual, casual romance. romance. That never uh, has any problems in professional <laughs> no, settings. No, no, nothing ever goes wrong. Uh, says it wasn't just that Fukunaga was everyone's boss, but his status within the industry could help launch someone's career or at the very least ensure a gig on his next project. The woman who casually dated Fukunaga claims that he had floated the idea of helping make her a famous actress and suggested putting her in his other projects so it's like the most classic hollywood director so creepy behavior and they don't see it coming from like 10 miles away it's different danny really likes me yeah <laughs> uh, uh, apparently so he doesn't like 
Sorry, you're all just being ridiculous. It says it is evidence that he used his influence in the film industry. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, to pursue many young women. Uh, they keep using the phrase young rather than saying uh, like age appropriate age appropriate women that he could legally date. Uh, he could legally date anyone who's over 18. Yes, but, but that's what I'm saying. They're, they're not saying that he's like literally working with these people in a professional work environment because they're both adults. They're saying that he was pretty, because that, that's the language itself is a smear. Even if it's for them, probably accurate if he is creepy, the language itself is saying he didn't do anything legally wrong, so we're going to frame it as he did something morally wrong uh, so that we can which, attack like, maybe him. Which he did, Which right? he did. But, but I'm saying, but the point is, is that nobody's holding anybody else accountable. He was supposed to do what in this case? What were they supposed to do? Maybe they should not have uh, engaged with him and said, no, I would rather not it's like a coworker. It's like we forget that that's an option. Like girls being like, well, he thought, said he would help me career. And it's like you... Number one, believed him. And also, like, you thought, ah, definitely worth sleeping with this guy to advance my career. Like, no, this is like, I, I don't understand why that is an acceptable line of thought. Whereas him being like, well, these girls want to sleep with me because I'm a high powered man. Like, that's bad. He is creepy and weird. Like, date someone age appropriate team. But like, I will say that there, there's an argument to made for the for the women here that like, if he zeroes in on you. And makes it your responsibility to say no to him, knowing that the implication could be that you he lose. won't. That that's yes, I agree with that. But she do believed. I believe that that was the case every time, and that they didn't interact with him flirtatiously? No, no, I, I don't like. So you'll flirt with him, but then when does it go too far? Like there is something to be said that they're being put on the spot by him showing interest. Also, has anyone who's gotten into his next movie been like, "Yeah, you treated me badly," like? This is all people who have been burned by the relationship that didn't work out the way they wanted to. There was a guy who said that he was like not like like that he uh, he used the same tactics on him as a writer to like get him to oh like make his work. Yeah, I'll find like it says. So the uh, guy is a jerk and he throws his power around. Yep. Big whoop. Uh, and, and here's the paragraph I was talking about before. It says, uh, and, it, and it was Fukunaga reacting to the Supreme Court's leaked draft opinion over Roe v. Wade uh, by saying oh that the gosh. court just legitimized a war against women's rights on Instagram. Then Vinberg says she, that made her, that's what made Vinberg decide to come forward. It says, there's this guy, right? He's like, oh, women's rights in America. We have to protect it, she said on Instagram shortly before naming Fukunaga. He's effing traumatizing women. He doesn't give an F about women. He refers to women as horse uh i won't say that word uh horses uh horses yes he uh i've heard that it pisses me off he he and he goes out there and like i care about women go f yourself you don't give an f about women so it's like we always say hollywood hypocrisy from the people that are going to lecture you while they're in an environment that is literally about as conducive to like uh, like deviant and um, irredeemable behavior as possible just the fact that they don't impart any type of rules like hey direct your guy you cannot get caught. You cannot be in a relationship with any of these actresses for the sake of your career and our studio and this multi-gazillion dollar production we're putting together where every bit of bad press could sink it. Maybe you should keep it in your pants and let the women go date someone that's not being um, uh, directed by you, right? Is that so hard to do? But the industry wants to both lecture you but not make any changes inward. That is the problem I have with it. Well, that's the whole reason they're doing it. Yeah. It's just guilt. And here's the here's the writer, Nick Cuse, who came out in support of Vinberg and the Loesch twins. Uh, he's the first public admo admonishment, admonishment, 
admonishment uh, that came from someone that he had worked with Fukunaga closely for a number of years. Cuse, who had worked out as a consultant on No Time to Die and was a co-producer for Maniac, wrote on Instagram that uh, he was the worst human being I've ever met. And this is uh, saying that the way uh, he was worse with non-celebrities, that he, he once saw him dump his cut fingernails into another person's car. I don't... <laughs> Awesome. I, I I don't know if I actually believe that. But that like, like <laughs> it's very specific that, though. It's, so. it's like the most Hollywood thing ever. Like that a director well, would do. Just like carrying him around. He's like ah. <laughs> <what's his> car. <laughs> he has a little Ziploc bag. <laughs> he's like waiting all day. <laughs> like he's like it's all it's all nice cars in the parking lot there. So he has to go to like a local Walmart. He's like it's like a Toyota Prius. He's like ha. Huh, I believe it. To the plebs go my. Go my fingernails. Like, Goodbye. I believe it. He didn't groom me to F me, but he did use a lot of the same tactics to get me to write his scripts for him, he wrote on Instagram, which he would put his name on one, one time after, sending th uh, after spending three weeks on a script for him. He told me to open the cover page and type his name under written by. I had to literally type the stolen credit with my own fingers. No, you didn't. Just don't yeah, do just it. Yeah, just say no. Say no. Uh, he did not respond for us. It's just like all of this, like in, as charitable as I want to be to everyone involved comes down to a lack of personal responsibility and further proof that like, I don't know how, uh, if Hollywood's the one that should be lecturing men and women on their ability to work together or what their roles are on society. Cause they can't seem to figure it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you see this as something where it's like, um, d does this change ever? Do, do we ever actually see this change from Hollywood? You think they're... Is it possible? Are they ever going to look inwards? Yeah, is it possible? No. No. No? No? But all they want to do is just project all of their dysfunction On onto onto the rest of society yeah. and ignore their own. Like, that's the whole reason they're doing it. Yep. And, and then, like, we it's just... classic. Uh, like, they... Like, just like with the Depp article earlier that mentioned um, uh, working with Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson's, like, back in the news now because he just... Ha he's having his charges dropped against him. His are actual assault char charges because they, they waited too long to come forward. It's like, the whole thing is just exhausting. And it's just, like, I don't know what it's to like actually... It's like, every day there are is a new headline about this star gets allegations of this. Which maybe wouldn't bother Every me if they didn't lecture day. us. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there was one more super chat there. It was? Uh, I believe Let's so. See. Yes. Uh, Waffle Sensei says, they make these articles because they want to reinforce that you regret, that if you regret sex you had to advance your career, that means you were taken advantage of. Which is inherently contradictory to the idea of personal responsibility and even sexual liberation. The idea that you, uh, uh, through sexual liberation, uh, don't have to just have sex because you love someone, but could use it uh, as a way to advance your career, which, you know, made sense to them in like what the 70s. And yeah. the 80s. Uh, now uh, we are coming back around to uh, a weird form of like. It's like they liberated sex too much. Yep. So now it's like, well, it's Thank not, you. It's not going to work as a strategy to advance your career because five other actresses will do the same thing yep. because we're all sexually liberated. We better not get a crisis meter today because I wasn't able to control Hannah Claire the last time we had a crisis. Oh my uh, no. gosh. It just we, goes off. It's going to be so good. It's, it's, Guys, please get us a crisis no, party I'm today. Do it. Do it. So that Hannah Claire will go off the rails I, the and whole show is just an absolute disaster. I don't again. know what it is about those lights, but like, I just like, it's it was completely, not fair. it's hypnotic. It's hypnotic. It's like a I, my other personality. <laughs> like literally, out. I was like, I just gave up. I tried for about three minutes and Hannah Claire just, uh, <laughs> but we left. 
I acted had like such a, a good time. Acted like a child, and I just gave I up. Act like a child. Wow. I just had an enjoyable time. I'm sorry that you can't control this podcast. Perhaps it's it mine is, now. It is my fault. Uh, see, anyway. I need to have I a need crisis to take party if you want me to seize control of this. Not even fair. Crispy like transport LLC says, "I like how you guys can point out what." What they are trying to frame the story by explaining the way they're writing the story. It's the like w- the yeah. number one thing that always comes like, and I'm not a journalist. I don't write for, but you know, you read a lot. Uh, Hi, Brett. I'm a journalist. I know. Like, language is everything. <laughs> well, I just identified as a journalist. L- language is everything. Oh, the word, like every scary. word you choose to use, is very. Dis- it's like the the number one way that I started realizing the way that the media was biased was lie by structure, meaning mm-hmm. like where they would place specific information in yes. an article. I also think that you can notice it. Um, there are certain key issues I'm not going to list them on the podcast but you can look at an issue and see right off the bat like how they start choosing the words to talk about certain things and which terms make it in that can tell you like where their perspective is immediately I think language is so powerful Um, I remember taking a class on novellas when I was in college and novellas are you know less than 50,000 words they're Mm. short novels and I remember having a professor say like it means that every word that you pick has more power and I think about that with journalism like they are you know you have to work really hard to be neutral because it's very easy to start being like well, I like don't know how to explain this term, so I'll just use the widely used term. But then you are consenting to the widely used narrative. And yep. if you don't actually believe in the widely used narrative, or if the widely used narrative is full of bias, then you are perpetuating bias. Yep. So, and like, to, like to me, like even here when when they say young women, that that's meant to imply something. He did not do anything legally wrong, but it's meant to frame it as what he's doing was creepy. So if they're women, which I think is worth noting, yes, right? No, like, if they're women in their in their twenties, young women in their in their early, if they're twenty two and he's forty four, there are Hollywood couples that are married with that age difference that would get a glowing article from Rolling Stone about their fantastic marriage. How do you overcome the 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 age gap? But because it's framed in the context of this article, it's negative. Well, and I'll say like with age gap relationships, people like there can be successful couples that are, you know, seven, 10, 15 years apart. But when you are dating, I think especially as like a young woman, like, you have to go into it more carefully, right? Because someone who has chosen to not get married by the time they're 45, like this guy has, like, you know, their perspectives on commitment and relationships are probably not, they may not be what you're looking for. And I think deluding yourself into being like, well, he's been waiting for me for two decades to become legal is like very dangerous. Seeing Vinberg and the Loesch sisters come forward, Greer says she hopes uh, their stories will be recognized by the wider Hollywood industry and result in change, not just on Fukunaga's part, but for anyone in a position of power. Shouldn't they be looking for change on the ground level and making these changes by enforcing policies within their industry? Yeah, just write it into his contract. You can't date any female on our set. It says, I do not have... And I'll be like, I won't do it. Right, exactly. That's how I meet women. (laughs) He's like, I will not make this James Bond movie That's, if I cannot date the 25-year-old on set. This is just another example the of sequel. the creative type, uh, strongman, sad boy, indie. Okay. Like, he is like that guy who is totally mediocre and only gets women because he happens to be in a position of power and pretends that he's like really deep and creative. I do not have, so this is how they finish it off. I do not have high hopes that Fukunaga will ever acknowledge any of this or apologize. Um, 
So this is like he has to apologize to each individual if person. If he did, let's guess what would happen. Uh, then he would. Then it would just get worse for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it says, but if it, uh, but if at least the industry as a whole can acknowledge that we're not accepting this type of treatment in the workplace and that these things happened are not acceptable, that would be enough for me. So to do that, you need to make changes at the studio level where you enforce policies that does not let allow this director to hold. Uh, the ability to have relationships with people he has power with in the in the art, you know, in his they should in his charge job. him every time he gets involved with someone, he loses five hundred thousand dollars. That's perfect, uh, like a weird version of a morals like clause. tie it to like, his revenue. Like yeah. every time that he, you know, gets involved with someone, it's like I love like, having sex with those twenty-two-year-old actresses, but, but I like one hundred fifty thousand dollars more. That's, for, and then for every week, there's like a surcharge. It's, uh, that, and it's it like when you're in up. Uber and like the miles go up. Exactly. Uh, I believe there was one. Yes. Yeah, There's one more there. Caper 2X says, for Hannah Claire, innocent bystander and future involuntary <laughs> test pilot for Brett's dunking tank machine. Keep being smart. Thank you. But also, wait, wait, it's wait. Coming. Let's talk about this dunk tank. It's, it's going to happen. Might I point out that there's much electrical equipment? Are you guys trying to murder me? Um, <laughs> Maybe we can do pop culture crisis outside. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. <laughs> I don't like, like that absolutely idea. not controlled environment. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree. Controlled environment. All right, we're going to go do podluck. We're on to podluck. So it says... South Korean K-pop supergroup BTS to visit the White House. That is... Um, Thank goodness. I know, right? So uh, I was so worried this wouldn't happen. The, so uh, d- did we ever find out if they have to be in the military? I don't yeah, think all, they have to be they in the were, military. I think all they Koreans were do. actually exempted uh, because if you're, if you're an artist... And they believe that you're contributing to culture in that way. Okay, so they made they made a concession. They used it to was like the, it, it was like up for debate because for their their form of art is not like classical music. Yeah. It's not theater or something, yeah. but. So- but uh, they make a lot of money for a lot of yes. people. So so it says uh, uh, Joe Biden and BTS will also discuss the importance of diversity and inclusion in BTS platform what? as youth ambassadors who spread the message of hope and positivity across the world. What? The, discuss? The, the, they, they're going to talk about I'm it. They're a, going to discuss this? I'm, a, I'm assuming. Are they live streaming this discussion? I'm, no, it says no press allowed. No. Oh, uh, surprise, surprise. So says, the meeting <laughs> comes as, May, uh, uh, as May's recognition of Asian American and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Month comes to a close I mean a sharp upswing in hate crimes against Asian Americans in the past year uh, attacks against uh, Asian those of Asian descent have escalated as some politicians and pundits have encouraged Americans to blame China for COVID-19 amid the tensions well that's for dumb people who don't understand that they're blaming the Chinese government and not Chinese people that that's people are dumb that I, I just want a picture of an interview of them like we need a picture of them with Joe Biden no I want to hear this I interview. think we've got it already the, is that is that that uh, it's it's already happened or I think it's happening as like, we speak as like we speak. literally as we speak as we live yeah. and breathe this is how you the, like I mean it says their fan base extends into older demographics tying their spending clout to a generation that is internet savvy and able to harness the power of social media so they, they literally are like Democrats they, they, are hard up for young people apparently they're, well they're talking about their ability to kind of uh, proliferate social justice messages which is they are very very powerful as far as a group goes that hello is, fellow sure. young people I Joe Biden yes. definitely know who these young men are what if he I'm was totally like, aware and him what if he told but what if he did what if joe biden like just in the in the oval office just listens to bts brett he does not he's a k-pop stan secretly joe biden is secretly a k-pop stan no i'm buying it i I, i'm gonna say the narrative i mean joe biden still thinks it's like 1994 like there's no way Uh, k-pop has made it into his universe yet uh, i mean it has now whether uh, he understands what's going on or not he's gonna think they're like the formal delegates from korea i just like don't (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, Joe Biden. I'm giving giving you a hard time today, but man. I was I was confused by it because like, how can you have that productive of a discussion through translators? Is that yeah? Like I don't know how that. Works. I've, I've looked for videos of them speaking English. No, they, they don't. They're always using translators. Yeah. So it's Joe Biden discussing to them. What is that translator going to say? They're I'm, gonna have the hardest time. We're yeah. gonna have a Joe Biden translator talk to the Korean translator to talk to Kate. Like, yeah. No. I'm I'm sorry. Like, you totally understand why they're keeping the press out of this, right? <laughs> Thank you. Because it would be cringy. Would but be. that's also why I wish. I wish that they, they were, were streaming but like it for national. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, sorry. I heard that in the microphone. I tried to get it to like flow, but it was too. I'm too effective. So, I've been attacked. Uh, so uh, I do want. Do, do we want to talk about Stranger Things? Do we want to talk about Stranger Things? I, I can tell I, that you don't want to talk gonna, about Stranger Things. Does Maybe anybody throwing money at you guys? Does anybody care? What oh. the sexuality of? Could someone the, super chat so some more money lands near the, me? Real quick? Does anybody care what the sexuality <laughs> of the of the actors in Stranger Things are? The answer have, is yes. People do care because they're weird and creepy and yeah, obsessive over not, a character who also, was first introduced to them at the age child. of twelve. That's weird. <laughs> No, it's not it's working. Freaking I'm weird! It's just, I'm like getting scared. Like no. basically, they're just talking about we need like a crisis party. Uh, we do need a crisis party. It's not going to happen. Nobody. They're going to. Uh, it's not going to happen. We're already sorry, kind of going off the rails. Are we talking about something? Yeah. <laughs> the, the star of Stranger Things are sounding off on one of the biggest talking points surrounding Will Byers. Uh, no, not his bull cut, but the character's sexuality. He's a teenager. Stop talking about this stuff. It's weird. Super yeah. Over the show's four seasons, he's a fictional teenager. Over the show's four seasons, Will played by Noah Shep uh, has, has been interpreted by viewers as being queer, especially in season three. His because best friend we like Mike. to read into everything. They do. That's that's the biggest part of all this is they read into everything. We desperately need there to be a queer character, so we've yeah. decided it's got to be this. I guy. looked up the scenes that they are drawing upon to make this to to have this like fan theory, mm. and thank you. None of them. Uh, get even close to no like implying something like that the most you can say is uh there was this scene from the the season before the one they're releasing now where the character of mike wheeler says to him they're in an argument and he's like it's not my fault that you don't like girls but he literally like said that because they are like 15 years old. They're like, like, bo- like they're like some teenage boys yeah. aren't interested in having relationships with girls yet. It's it's that not a simple. never thing. It's because they're children. But why, that's what I'm saying. Why does it always come up? Why? Like I wouldn't care. If, I don't want to because they're crazy. I think because like all coming of age yep. stories nowadays have to have a queer character for the for. Well, I don't care about, I don't care about straight them. or or gay. I, I just want to know why they care so much about what, who kids are are doing stuff with. That's weird. Again, I think it stands by this. Like they want to have, um, they they want to solidify the concept in everyone's mind that being gay is something that you know from a crazy early age. You know it from the time you're a baby, and you're just always waiting for the moment to reveal it to yourself. And well, so they need young characters to be talking about this. I think another thing they're trying creepy. to perpetuate is just that boys and like boys coming into age the age of like manhood can't have fraternal friendships yeah yeah that's what they're trying to say there always has to be some ulterior motive or something you you uh, there's something there's a like men can't be close there basically. was a really funny like uh tiktok or like the other day where it's like it's like uh guys it's like guys who make like like uh, lewd jokes guys can't make lewd jokes to each other for fear of being told that they're uh hitting on one that another. they're hitting on one another and then he's like but you girls like make out when you're drunk like <laughs> i think it's this thing and I, again i guess this is my theory today but like it's like the concept of boundaries like the idea that like intimacy beyond between men like as friends 
always is actually secretly sexual or secretly romantic like that's just not true like there are boundaries to our affections for people mm -hmm. right like just because they are buddies or hang out like we don't need to read more into this, right? And people were mad that they that they want like the, the people want like a, a specific answer. And the idea from the people from Stranger Things is like you don't have to label everything. It says, "Can yes, I we just do. say it's 2022 and we don't have to label things?" Uh, I think what's really nice about Will's character is that he's just a human being going through his own personal demons and issues. So many kids out there don't know, and that's okay. That's okay to not know, and it's okay not to label things. And everyone else is like, "Nope, you have to label things." Everybody wants to label. But it's because they want a victory. They want this show that was such a big deal culturally to have a like identified labeled character. But which, they like, already actually did that with a different character who enough. was introduced in like either season two or three who was like she's a girl and they had her like come out as like yeah. something. I no, well, they talk not about an that. OG, not an original, not a big enough win. <laughs> yeah. They talk about that about uh, when they made uh, Loki bisexual in, in the show Loki. They're like, what? it's a big deal. Did that care about, did that matter to anything the, at all? The, no, the, no, it didn't. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, uh, the, I'm not even really sure which one Loki is. He's just like one Tom of Hiddleston's character. So it says, uh, that basically the, the director of the show basically says like, she's glad that they did it because uh, it says taking from Twitter after the episode premiered, Heron and explained that from the moment I joined, joined Loki, it was very important to me and my goal to acknowledge Loki was bisexual. It is part of who he is and who I am too, she wrote. I know that is a small step, but it's ha but I'm happy and my heart is so full that that is now canon. So because that's who she is, she needs it to be canon about another character. Cheatsheet.com is telling me that Loki, Loki is indeed gender fluid. So like, wow. So, so it was important to her because wow. she is that identity group that that character like I get the end I get the concept I still think the idea of representation is just a, a, a really weird way for celebrities to feel like really really full of themselves like of course I represent this group in this group because I'm such a great person and I'm such a bastion of truth and goodness for this large swath of people also, uh, like, which just feeds into their narcissism I have an understanding that no one else can like I have a unique connection to this yes uh, uh, and the, but the the point I'm making is like in that first article they're talking about how they wish they had made it more clear what he was. In this article about Tom Hiddleston's character Russell T. D. Russell T. Davies, who's running, who's back to running new to Doctor Who, talked said that he complained that they weren't overt enough in their uh, talking about his bisexuality and that they didn't go far enough. So it's like this it's weird like thing. Like no one happy. Nothing is ever good enough mm -hmm. to anyone. So why try? Why try? Don't. That's the thing. Stop trying. Just tell good stories. Like, as far as I'm concerned, we should put in more time. There should be no relationship stories in I movies mean, for the next 10 years until people learn how to actually act. It's calling for a complete shutdown no, I don't on want, relationships I don't want, I don't, in movies of until any, we can figure out what the hell is going on. Exactly. Straight, gay, anything. Just eliminate it until they actually learn how to tell good stories again. Then we can go back to it. But they don't know how to tell good stories. To be so that's fair, a I feel like Stranger Things is trying to do that. Yes. Uh, granted, like... Uh, but they're season making it four, about it. Season four is not over yet. I think they are going to be releasing episodes until the beginning of July, or like the end of June. Um, so like they could twist it in one of these episodes. Yeah. But I, I think they're trying at least to to not force labels on things and Good. force conclusions where yeah. there need not be. Credit where credit is due. It's it's the weirdos in the in the media, and it's the it's weirdos the on, shippers. on. It's the it's shippers. It's the shippers. Where did you all come from? Uh, I Tumblr. thought that you were ashamed of yourself. Like Tumblr. go back to deviant art. <laughs> it's even worse.
Okay. Right. Uh, do, do you want to talk about uh, uh, about signs of a pop culture recession? Well, it's not a pop culture recession, but um, it's okay. We're going through a recession signs right that, now. If you weren't aware, guys, signs that that pop culture can okay. sh- show yeah. you that we're yeah. going through a recession. Okay. So um, I think that this is the the worst recession since. 2008 right yes and okay. we're, it, I thought this article was interesting in looking at how pop culture can predict and also just signal that a recession is happening and the anxiety about that and just the general collective feeling that we've got one of them one of those signs being goths yes I don't know when you guys leave the house are you guys seeing goth yeah. people around more, more often yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I feel like I am, but maybe I'm just like convincing myself of that after reading this. So you think that goths are like a, a warning sign that we're about to re- enter a recession again? Well, I they saw- said goths are the, this is a clever like a- addition to it. They said goths are a harbinger of <laughs> a recession, whether it's the 2008, the 1980s, or fifth century Rome. There was and goths the when of I was in high school. Yeah. And I was in, I graduated in 2005. So they the were like, they're early. You mean, yeah. I mean, they, they're the right there they come before. Right before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw this really cool tweet the other day where it was like, I, a 50 year old dad, just got told by my very goth 13 year old daughter <laughs> that I probably haven't heard of this cool band called The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Like, I, I think that like goth culture is having uh, a renaissance in a lot of ways. It's kind of regressing like well things are cyclical right so like puff sleeves that are like trendy right now that were trending in the 80s are actually uh from victorian fashion which they were probably from something else before that um so in some ways like we know that things come back into style and with the internet the style cycles get shorter and also have more diversity um i think that if it is true that goth style specifically is linked to economic recessions i am deceased that is so funny yeah, uh, because I think you're right. Like, I think it does have this like things are glum, things are rough. Like if you're a young person in a world where it's like no one has jobs and everything's really expensive, you have to pay a million dollars to drive half the block to spend money on either to stay home because everything's too expensive or to spend tons of money to try and do something that would have cost, you know, mm-hmm. your parents or your grandparents like next to nothing. In Maybe comparison. black clothes are just cheaper. And that's the sign that uh, the, the recession is you don't often, have to wash them as often. Some save some money. I mean, I think, I think this thesis is, is just fantastic. And I, I'm behind 110%. Uh, but I think there's probably a lot of reasons for that, whether or not it's like you're picking up on the vibes or like it's timing. Like we tend to go through economic sessions in a, and I don't know this, but like in a certain amount of time in that happens to link with the fashion cycle if you know what i'm saying yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing that this one brought up is recession core and i i watched the tiktok that they embedded in the article that shows like all of these very 2008 teen vogue (laughs) business casual for teenagers type of looks tons of sense and like do you remember that i know brett wouldn't have been paying attention i remember like to what business casual had like girls in the late lots 2000s, of blazers and big by a chokehold oh that was a, that was the thing and i don't i i guess it's because it was more minimalist and it was inexpensive to design it and then also celebrities started wearing it because yeah. it was more accessible to to the people watching they also say that strip clubs are the leading indicator of a coming recession 
uh, in this article. Strip yeah. Clubs, like the lack of attendance at them? Or? They said every single stripper I know is a better trend forecaster than any finance bro or marketing executive. Probably, probably a hundred percent. Probably true. Out, who do you think hangs out at strip clubs though to get their insight? Finance, finance bros. bros. Yeah, yeah. So they're, it's actually, they're not genius finance bros. They just listen to the strippers that they go see on a regular basis. It's genius. <laughs> that's that's just, just hey, that's the same thing as getting a good tip on a subway and, and calling your broker as soon as you're done. Or it's like discovering an online artist and then ripping them off. Exactly. So it says, uh, the, uh, what was the one you talked about the other day about minimalism? Or no, oh my uh, gosh. Or clutter Tessa, core. I will never get over what TikTok decides is a something core. There's <laughs> a thing called clutter core, which I learned very specifically really? is like where you have a messy, it kind of reminds me of when people talk about maximalism. So instead mm-hmm. of minimalism, there's lots of displayed art and things, but clutter core is like also all of your books are out and like your clothes are on display, but everything has to have a specific place so while it looks cl- like cluttered like you're seeing a lot of visual stimulation everything actually belongs mm. somewhere and i find this to be hilarious it's like being not into closed storage and being like it's a lifestyle clutter core like uh, I, I like that it's like a, an abundance mindset they, po- they point out that I love Maxwell's been style. I would have never called it cluttercore. They point out that the the rise of craft and thrifting are uh, and rejecting of fast fashion. Like that makes sense. Like every I, I sh- I've always been a thrift. Me and you are both I love uh, thrift, thrifting, but it's like I would you'd go through phases, right? Like during all of like from 2006 to 2000 uh, or from like 2008 to 2012, they were packed and there was actually an amazing selection. Weirdly enough, you'd think there'd be less stuff with more people, but it seemed like there was more stuff and more people, mm. uh, whether that's because the wealthy were just getting wealthier and could turn stuff in. But more people were going to thrift stores at that time and then it would drop off as economically things got better Amazon, I'm sure, had and I think that we got that. into like consignment stores. Consignment yes, stores vintage. kind of came on rise. So like vintage, which is actually like some some of it's priced correctly, but some of it can be like overpriced. Thank you. Thank you. I think we almost we might be there. I'm not sure if that means we're there. Or we're like one away or something like that. Uh, oh, okay. Let's stretch that, this out a little more. That, that, okay, <laughs> let's talk about things that I like. That's a, um, I love that, a good goth aesthetic. That, is that does that mean Hot Topic is coming back? Like, no, no. If you're into it. goth culture, please tell me what is the correct goth place to shop. Like if the mall, I don't think there is one. What? It's I Mary, think it's as my baby goth in the room. It's moved entirely to the to online shopping. Yeah. I want in-person I shopping. I feel like goths were some of the first people who were using like online shopping mm. because they, they had such specialized style. interests yeah. that they couldn't find in I really want in person um in ter- like in-person shopping to come back Me i find too. shopping online to be not fun okay we'll go shopping then we'll support we small stores I'm yeah but it. anyway i'm the sorry last we should all go thrifting That's <laughs> just... brett's coming thrifting. <laughs> um uh, the last thing they mentioned was uh the horror genre okay yeah so do you guys think that the horror genre could like make a comeback as we are all getting increasingly anxious and fearful for the future? No, I think <laughs> some people are naturally drawn to horror and others are not. Yeah. And that doesn't have to do with like horror movies do well, no matter what horror movies do really? not. Yes. Like Shudder has its own the Network, horror movie yeah. screen thing. But I don't like horror movies. I'm not really them. into horror movies that are like supposed to be s- like deeply psychological horror movies do well because they're usually made on much smaller budgets than regular movies and have larger profits and returns so uh, why are they of smaller budgets? they just don't need as many it's just less special effects uh more practical effects like you know that really shows that uh just a 
shot of something real is can be like yep. or something you don't see is a lot more impactful. visceral and impactful absolutely no it's can i ask you true. guys a personal question that has nothing to do with anything okay but how uns- upset you are that we're not going to get the the, <laughs> no, the, the crisis me meter out. they're not going to get you the I, crisis i'm going to just be understimulated all day long <laughs> um if i were to get on a dating profile and i were to say in it send me Noodles your favorite no <laughs> send me your favorite victor orban quote Victor Orban being the Prime Minister of Hungary. Do you think it would work? I feel like that'd be a great way to weed people out. Because people know who he is, they'd be like, and if they don't like him, they would be like, But if they don't me. know who he is and they really want to match with you, they're just going to go Google Victor Orban. Yeah, and but then, then I'll know quote. what the number one quote is. Like that They won't Google. choose the number one. The, yeah, the smart ones will like, go to number three. Yeah, something well, a little more obscure. Who would you pick? Like if I pick Prime Minister Victor Orban from Hungary, who's someone you would want someone to quote to you? Uh, have Mary go first. I have no idea. Wait, who is someone... You would want like them to if, quote to you. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah. I just think Victor Orban is so good I don't know, the Bible? <laughs> that okay. seems very on brand. Uh, They're just going to give my you... My first like, thought, at least. The, e- the easiest one. That's how you know if they say John 3.16 or something. You're like, not even creative. Yeah. You're what was that out. one? Um, oh, there was one that was like super trendy for a while. I have to think about it. I don't know who I would have... Uh, I don't think I like, would have them... Uh, there's no one who like you just think whenever they talk... It's hilarious. That's how I feel about Victor Orban. Like, who is someone? Chet like- Hanks. Yeah, oh. Chet Give Hanks. Give me your favorite Chet Hanks yes. quotes if you really want to prove that you're right for me. Yeah, yes. that's how you know. But if someone is like, I hate Chet Hanks, you're like, then don't even Perfect. Click. Then that's then just weeding it out. I feel like this is oh. like. Okay, does anyone, <laughs> if anyone in that chat wants to weigh in on this, like who is someone you would quote, I would uh, really appreciate it. Let's go. It's going to go any minute now. It takes a minute. Oh, gosh, this is not fair. Okay, Merck tries DIY, the, says Victor party Orban. on. Victor Orban says like just things i mean if you don't like nationalism he's not for you but like he just makes me laugh all the time i love how off the rails today like i think i think that uh podluck is just gonna end up becoming the most off the rails segment ever. i feel like i'm gonna like oh, secretly I, steal sorry. podluck super, to be my um super my, chats oh sorry, sorry. i'm sorry Are we, is it not just me talking it's not just you talking that podcast podluck was where i just say whatever we just we just cut to hannah claire and leave it for the rest of the episode me and mary me and mary just go get lunch oh yeah you guys are getting lunch you have to get k for 2x said for mary's baking fund this administration is trying too hard to be relevant wait the bts thing i i don't know if you guys know i have a really important research okay but my baking fund is feeding people mine is enlightening people i mean get the hard hitting do we want food or enlightenment Food every single time. I think it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Crispy like Transport LLC says they pick an all Korean boy band and they're going to talk about diversity. When I was no, <laughs> no. and there's going to be sound effects soon too, guys. Is this yes. what a K-pop no. concert is no. like? <laughs> it's not even fair. Um, okay, keep going. When I was Why stationed no. there. <laughs> Look at us go. It's not <laughs> when fair. When I was stationed there in 95 and 96, no. they How were How do you guys talk through this? <laughs> we're not, apparently. Wait, go. <laughs> we well, only if we play Victor Orban quotes over this. That's the only thing I want. From oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, I love it here. They're all the extra Hooray. money. In fact, you know what, guys? Uh, you just volunteered Hannah Claire to pick up all the, no, the money. No, good luck with that. Thank I got so much. Thank you so much Absolutely for doing that. Absolutely not. You guys are going to be disappointed because it's right. not happening. All right. Uh, finish that, that one. What are you talking about? <laughs> finish what? 
We got super oh, chats. We were to stationed read. in Korea. I'm sorry to interrupt, super chatter. <laughs> okay, the he only said one who's professional here. When I was stationed there in '95 and '96, there weren't too many people that looked and spoke my language there. LOL. That, no, it's not very diverse, is it? Not very diverse. <laughs> uh, Merv tries DIY. Says Brett. Sorry for calling you Brent on IRL a month or so ago. Oh my God, David <laughs> Brent! What are you guys Hannah doing? Hannah Claire here is. Here's some money for you and Matt Walsh's lunch tomorrow. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Andrew, are you <laughs> listening? so much. Uh, and Mary, since you're Catholic, have you seen the Mass of the Ages documentary? No, I have not, but I'll look into that. Thank you for the and recommendation. And it's okay with, with calling me Brent because since I'm in, charge, I'm in charge of the board here, I will never, ever get punked with like a Brent name on the screen like we did to Dave You the think other this day. is the only place we could punk you? Uh, well, I'm you just, think this is the uh, one place we could implement yes, the nickname yes. Brent? You okay. are mistaken and delusional, or double teamed. More, yes. Waffle Sensei says, Ah, yes, I remember in the book of revaluations <laughs> and the lord said to his people watch out for them goth girls harbingers of the end times they are <laughs> i must have missed that one put this on Loves a t-shirt it. for mary this is great a, a shirt that says goth girls are harbingers of things to come would be a fantastic uh, I, yeah i love it and murph uh tries diy uh gracefully say, graciously says party on because he got to uh uh give hannah claire her party. party i don't know what it is about those lights but i just really enjoy because it, it looks like a cop car on. behind you and it looks like you're about to get pulled <laughs> i over. just i feel like if we don't get a crisis party we can just bloviate on and on until it <laughs> yeah happens. i won't stop talking until i get a crisis party hannah claire's like trust me this time i'll filibuster a, cr- a crisis party into existence it's tim tim pays the crisis party <laughs> so that we'll it. stop the- recording no. <laughs> <laughs> is that more? Was that just, we've got another one? Maybe? Got, no, no, it doesn't look like it. that one. Just is like just the end oh, of it. Just okay. went off. Uh, it it malfunctioned. It's the guns. They like it, that idea. It does. All right, uh, Hannah Claire, thank you for joining us on this very hectic episode. Uh, Podluck is Every becoming. Every time I'm on, Brett describes things as hectic. That is, uh, because pod- like it's a personal. Brett attack. feels hectic. He's like it's hectic. It's chaotic. It, but it, we're having a good time. It is fun, but it's just very. Uh, I'm very regimented in the way I try to approach it. So when things go off the rails, I, I try to not lose. I my love cool. that nothing. Ha- we're all sitting in our seats. Everything's fine, and Brett's like, "It's off the rails." <laughs> Hitler, you're off the rails. Look, all I want to know is what people's favorite Victor Orban quote is. They don't think that's unreasonable. Somebody's like, I was watching a, a, a pop culture podcast and they were talking about Victor, Victor Orban. Orban. The, but, the ultimate, the ultimate. Look, I know, I already knew who Victor Orban was, mm-hmm. but I, I could never tell you a quote. I'll Sorry. tell you some after the show. And if you guys are listening and want to send me some, that would be great. That's that's more pre- than welcome. Brett's giving me the stop talking. So where can they eyes. send you Victor Orban quotes? Guys, I am on Instagram at hannahclair.b. I'm on Gab at hannahclairb. I'm on Twitter at hcbrimlow, although I don't really like Twitter, so don't, maybe don't follow me there. <laughs> and uh, That was I, a horrible promotion. <laughs> look, I'm just going to be honest with you. I would never lie to you, crisis actors. And you can find me, most importantly, and of course, on timcast.com. Click on the retail. You can find Mary there too sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of that, Mary, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and WeChat at Closer Kitty. Uh, and it's true, I have been putting out some articles on TimCast.com. And when I do, I always promote them on there. That she does. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasvik for the show, Monday through Friday, Pop Culture Crisis Live, right here on YouTube, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific for you people eating lunch in California. California's Pacific, right? 
Have yeah. I been saying that wrong all the time? 3, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Whatever California Whatever time. California time. Uh, we are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, all those places. If you'd rather listen to this absolute madness rather than watch <laughs> it, I can understand. We are also on social media. We are on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show. We are on Instagram, at PopCultureCrisisPod. And we are on Facebook and on TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis. We will be back with another episode, hopefully a less hectic one, Tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.